Hey everyone, this is Keith. I just wanted to apologize up front that there is a couple issues with the audio this week. Uh, we had a great talk. Um, a couple times throughout the actual main part of the talk, it ended up getting kind of corrupted. Um, so I had to remove those. And then also towards the end, you'll hear a little choppiness, but it was salvageable enough to at least understand what we're trying to say as we close out this episode. So thank you. And then hope you enjoy the show. The red light is on. Episode is the red light three. on? Yeah. The red light is on. Good evening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Campfire, a podcast with. Joe, Nick, and Keith. Whoop, whoop. I'm Nick. I'm Keith. I'm Joe. All right. Well, let's jump into it, Joe. What do you think? Well, I'm looking at our list of things to talk about here, and uh, the first word I see is alcohol. So um, I'd like to dip my toes in that. Heck yeah. So to split up this topic, I ended up... Uh, deciding to put kind of like a three three category if you will uh, like a daily driver that you have something that you celebrate with and then getting loose a little, little bit more deep diving if you will okay okay well, well daily driver that's i mean i could talk about my daily driver and so this is what she said you know i obviously drink more than you guys and uh I, I do this thing where I go through phases. My daily driver changes every six months or so. And call me a bitch if you want, but I drink these bitch pops. I have been on the Mike's Harder Cranberry for probably four or five months now. What's the alcohol like content it. on that? Eight percent, bitch. Okay, it's not a bitch pop then. It's it not like a. No, it's not a the fucking smeared off ice or a Zima or some shit like that. It's not like it's 3-2 beer. No. Even though but, uh, millennials have no idea what 3-2 beer is. Well, shit, we barely remember what... We're also yeah. technically millennials. Technically. Wait a minute, shut the fuck up. Keith, cut that out when we edit. <laughs> Don't tell people that we're millennials. <laughs> But um, I see here, Keith, you, you like the Cider Boys, which oh, is yeah. fucking delicious, dude. It's so good. It is. It's so good. And that's the it stuff really that comes is. in all different flavors, like uh, this Huckleberry, Huckleberry, the Peach County. Mm-hmm. All oh, the peaches man. are best. The Down in Piqua. Best, um, actually, at 311 Draft House in Piqua. They have Cider Boys on tap in there, and it is friggin' amazing. Me and the wife went in there last spring one afternoon, and we got a couple of flights, and it was in there, and we'd never had it before that. But uh, on the way home, on the way home, you know, we were a little bit lit, so we stopped by the drive-thru and decided to keep going. And I'll be damned, they were selling six-packs of that shit in there, so we stocked up. 
now I know where to find it. I do love the cider boys. It's so good. Yep. Yep. What was that shit that we had here when you guys were hanging out a couple weekends ago? We had the strawberry. Um, Pretty sure. No, no. When, when you come up, when Nick was was here. Cans. uh, Yeah. What was that? It was, uh, it was good. Flannel mouth or something like that. Yeah. Let me see if I can pull that up. It it, it was like a real good. That was a real hard cider, like I remember my grandpa Creamer making back in the day. He knew how to take a jug of apple cider and he knew how to ferment it just enough to make that shit into alcohol. And hell, I remember when I was a kid sneaking out there to get a sip of the hard cider. And whatever that shit you had was tasted just like it. Yeah. Blake's Hard Cider Company, Flannel Mouth. Nice. It's a, it's a mouth. it's a Michigan hard cider. God, it was fucking good. Yeah. And that shit is yeah, that... six and a half percent. That ain't no fucking joke either. Shoot. Yeah, no, man. Six and a half percent. Wow. But uh yeah, I'm I'm digging on those ciders. I'm digging on this these eight percent bitch pops. Nick, your your daily driver, if you were to have one, it, you, know, you don't drink daily. But yours is good old fucking yinling. Yes, yinling and also bush light. Um, I know. Oh, you you acquired a taste for that working at the shop, though. Well, yeah, that's kind of farmer beer right there. Bush light Mm -hmm. is farmer beer. Yinling, I got a taste for when I was in Athens at OU. We. They didn't sell it in Ohio, but they sold it in West Virginia. So we had to go and cross the border and get that shit in Parkersburg. And we would load uh-huh. the bed of my truck up and drive back to Athens and sell that shit right back out out of the bed of my truck and pay for my alcohol and our gas to get there and back. It was a racket yeah. we had running, but that's how we kept Yenling in the house. Okay. Whatever yep. works, you, man. You could... You, you could have uh, a truck bed full of baby coffins. Yeah. I might have been the very first person in Ohio to buy Yinling. <laughs> I swear to God, I was waiting at the drive-thru for them to open so that I could buy a 12-pack of Yinling. It's good stuff, man. Keith, what is what what is this Mondoro? Mondoro. 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 So this is your celebratory. That's a Italian sparkling wine. So it's a Ooh, Moscato grape wine, and it's super Ooh. delicious. You've had it at my wedding. Oh, did I? Yep. Must that... be good because I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> dude, it's so good. <laughs> your wedding was a fuck ton of fun. Yeah, it was. It was. I don't blast. remember your wedding, Keith. I, I don't think you were there. You weren't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was in the Air Force, dude. Yeah. But uh, that sounds pretty fucking good. White grapes grown in strictly delineated, asty region of northern Italy. Okay. Santi. That's how you know it's real. Well, it's just like Ooh, how we were talking about bourbon and all that other shit earlier. Right. Alcohol is all about the water source. 
Yeah, but if we're going to talk about bourbon, I guess we can go back to Daily Driver. I'm down with that. Well, well, that's well, part of... Reds, now, not bourbon. Now, if we're going to talk about alcohol, you know, we've talked about our beers and our ciders, but we haven't got to the Laker, and there's Daily Drivers in Laker, too. True. Because, you know, I guess my go-to is really these days, Jameson. I used to be a huge Jack drinker, and Joe can back me up here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd drink a gallon of Jack in a night and be fine. Nobody would even know I was freaking drunk. Oh, now, that's a fucking lie. That is a well, lie. <laughs> back, in the day, say. back in the day. You just didn't know you were drunk because you didn't know that you were alive at that point. <laughs> but I digress. Yeah, yeah, we used to be Jack drinkers for sure. Definitely, big time. Um, but, you know, my more preferred taste would be a Woodford Reserve, Knob Creek. Mm. <clears throat> I try to keep Jameson in my carafe here, but it's empty right now because we had a party about three weeks ago. <laughs> Cash that thing. I like bullet um, bourbon. That's really good. Bullet is a Ooh, good bourbon daily is, bourbon. And delicious. You guys like uh, bullet rye? I don't think I've had that. Yes, I've had the rye. The rye, the rye is good. You... And surprisingly, I, I'm not a Crown fan, but Crown Royal has a really good fucking rye, too. Ooh, I could see As that. does Knob Creek. Rye. Knob Creek's rye is, is top-notch. One of the best ryes that I've had was Angel Envy. Or Angels Envy. Angel. Oh, I've had Angel Envy. It's so that good. That shit is good. I'll tell mm -hmm. you another one that would be, uh, and it's, uh, I guess it's a higher end whiskey. Uh, they like to call themselves a bourbon, but they're not. Uh, it's called Smoke Wagon, hmm. and they brand themselves as a Las Vegas bourbon. But it's actually distilled in southern Indiana, right Ooh. on the Indiana-Kentucky border, but in Indiana. So it's not bourbon, and it's not from Vegas either, but uh, they named it properly with uh, Smoke Wagon because it is the smokiest bourbon I've ever tasted. It was delicious. I fucking loved it, and I can't find it anywhere. Nowhere. With smoke wagon. I'll have to look. I have jungle gems near my house and stuff, and they import a yeah, shit ton. Dude, if they I don't have uh, it, nobody's fucking got there. it. So yeah, oh, check dude. out some smoke wagon. It's jungle in a real old shit. school looking bottle. It is like it. I mean, like you would see in an old west saloon. That's awesome. It's uh good shit but high end Ooh, now if we're splurging and we're having you know a little bit of a party we're celebrating i like to get into the scotch absolutely you know um uh mccallan i love i love my mccallan that's the best it's, that's the fucking best i've had so far it is it it's is better than the uh, Balwini. It's definitely even, better than the Monkey Shoulder. They've got the uh, 
Sherry Cask aged. Oh my god, that is that so, just sounds good. so good. <laughs> so good. Oh aged in sherry casks. And it's a it's fucking amazing. Amazing. But uh I've also gotten into um Whistlepig. Whistlepig is amazing stuff. I mean, right up there with Four Roses or, um, uh, well, I've got Doll Winnie back here. This is a 15-year-old Scotch straight out of the Highlands. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Those are my countrymen. I guess I guess we'll go ahead and have a doll winning tonight since we're having this nice discussion. But what do you, what are you guys splurge on? If we were sitting in Vegas right now at a real whiskey bar, what are you ordering? Um something that I've never had before. Yeah. No, I want some happy. I want some fucking happy. <sighs> Everybody goes for Pappy. I'm not saying it's not. No, they don't because it's, it's like fucking $150 a shot. Not everybody goes for that. But I want to try it to see, number one, see what it tastes like. And number two, be like, yeah, I've had Pappy's before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had Pappy. But honestly, though, if I'm splurging, um, it's probably the stuff we've already talked about. A good scotch. Or, um, uh, oh, that Woodford, Reserve. Woodford's got like a, uh, oh, I'm going to look it up, see what it is. I can't remember what it's called. Like a, a single batch Woodford. I can't remember what the fuck the name of it is, but God damn. Me and Zach drank some of that in, uh. Nola. Nice. God, that was like six fucking years ago. Is that it? Was that the last time you were at 311 Day, Joe? Yes, it is. When was your last 311 Day, Keith? Last and only was in 14. Mm. Just a couple months that was before Rachel. New Orleans too, wasn't it? Yeah, that was New Orleans. Me New and Joe Orleans. and Zach went to Memphis in 06 mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I didn't go back until 2018 nice in Vegas and then we went back in 2020 and me and Summer got married on 311 hell yeah went to that one So I, I was denied the 311 wedding <laughs> but I, I bought my house on 311 so that works see See, I was not going to make the mistake of having my anniversary land on 311 Day because I got shit to do on 311 Day and it ain't going to involve celebrating marriage. (laughs) Well, I like celebrating marriage during 311 Day. (laughs) My wife loves 311 as much as I do. Your wife fucking hates 311, Joe. I know. I'm... I understand. Yeah, I've this. been talking to my lawyer about that. Mine's all that should have been a prenup. Might be grounds for <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. My lawyer says I have a pretty good case because she hates three eleven so much. 
what is that, irreconcilable differences or some shit? Yep. Something yep. like that. Yeah. Unreconcilable differences. Ohio is a no-fault state as well, so. Yeah. But yeah, I see we've so gone, uh... what, what's this letting loose thing? What? What's the difference between celebrating and letting loose? Letting loose. So celebrating to me doesn't go as far as into fucking shit faced. Yeah, I'd agree with oh. Keith on that. Yeah. There's a difference. So like prim and proper is celebrating to me and then going into letting loose, man, I like smash some drinks like real bad. Okay. And I'm not a beer That's drinker. So I like doing cocktails and shit like Moscow Mule, like a White Russian or Dr. Uh-huh. Pepper and a spice rum, especially like Captain 100 is so delicious and I can drink well, like a whole you know, 24 pack. Although they might be delicious and they might do the trick on our topics sheet here. I'm just going to go ahead and do a strike through. Uh oh. I didn't mean to do. Dude. Uh, I'm going to do a strike through on the Russian. No, man. The dude abides. White Russian all the, the way. Abides. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Flaming Dr. Pepper. Is that what you were talking about with Dr. Pepper and Spice Drum? I don't light yeah. it on fire, but it tastes freaking it's delicious. If you use moonshine. Put moonshine and Dr. Pepper together. Mm-mm-mm. Or you can, you can use some Bacardi 151. Set that shit on fire. Fuck you. Yeah. While we're talking about some good old drinks like this, did you guys know that Mountain Dew was originally designed to be a mixer for whiskey? That's why it's Mountain Dew. It's something to actually, it was to put your moonshine in to cut cut your corn liquor down a a bit. bit. Yeah. Well, um, but even further back than that, Mountain Dew was another term for moonshine. Yes. Did you know that they have a hard Mountain Dew now? (gasps) Yeah. What? Yeah. A hard Mountain Mountain Dew. I don't do Mountain Dew at all anymore. They just came out with it. But still, I'm going to try that hard-ass fucking Mountain Dew. It's going to be delicious. I would try it. I will stop my diet for that. (laughs) Jesus. That makes sense. I would say my letting loose is... Honestly, my daily driver and letting loose are the same thing. Just... Because I know how to get the fucking job done. <laughs> You're really, really, really good at it. Pound, pound, pound. I am really good at it. So my letting loose is my daily driver. Uh, you know, five or six of these mics and this here, Tucking Reds, not bourbon. I need to get some of that from you guys. I tuck them um, in. I get you, sir. Reds bourbon is great, and uh, I'm trying to supply him with all the grain he needs to make this delicious alcohol. Fuck yeah, dude. I want to 
fill that niche market. But yeah, my uh, if I want to get fucked up, it's gonna be bourbon, and it's probably uh, Jameson or uh, whatever Joe brings over. Because these days my favorite <laughs> whiskey is whatever Joe brings over. That's usually a good God, one. New Year's was a fucking mess. Yeah, uh, you let you let loose real quick on New Year's. Well, you you brought a whiskey sampler over. What was I supposed to do? Not fucking sample it. What? Right. Do you want? right. Well, the the quadruple shot of Jameson that you poured for you and I. I mean, me being the professional that I am, I was able to, to, you know, withstand that. But you, on the other hand, uh, it was hey, it was pretty much downhill from there for you. I'd like to just I'm I'm a recovering sobrietist, okay? <laughs> I'm working my way back up. I got a big hill to climb. Yeah. You know, tolerance is a bitch, you know, and when you're trying to build tolerance, it's twice as hard to get back. Well, you got to be dedicated, man. You know, Poor I Zach, for when, we were in, when we were in New Orleans in 2016, our first night there, we hit, we hit Bourbon Street. We were at some strip clubs and some bars and walking down the street drinking and buying shots off the girls on the street and yeah dude Zach didn't know what was what he was doing but it pretty much I went light ruined the trip for him because oh, <laughs> he was sick for like two fucking days he's like you know, <laughs> I'm never I'm never again gonna try to keep up with you that was fucking stupid <laughs> that was fucking stupid and the time before that, with when he was with me, I, we went super light, man. We drank, and, but like we we needed money for other things like merch and hanging out yeah. and doing shit that you do on the strip. When uh, when we were in Vegas, we went hard. Um, the first night of the concert, like too hard we drank way too much we rocked out hard and the next day we didn't hear from Zach until like 5 o'clock yeah. like right before we were getting ready to go over there and uh, we ate something and went over there and don't you know it I think we drank more the second night than we did the first night <laughs> and I was actually sicker than fuck I got sick when I got to Vegas that trip. Mm. Yeah, that was that was right when COVID was happening. Because I remember no, Zach coming back. Yes, it was. Zach no, was it wasn't. It was, coming this back. was 2018. Oh, it was? This was in 20, yeah, this was in 2018, not 2020. I just remember Zach being pissed as fuck because you ended up sick. Yeah. And he was yeah. worried you were going to get him sick. You know, it's great. <laughs> I did. Is that so? In 2014, I got fucking a respiratory infection when we were down in Mississippi trying to go to fucking 311 day and shit. So he's had to be well, like, uh, you know, no wonder we put it, him in like horrible, this. Yeah, that's horrible, horrible time of year to travel. I mean, right? 
right at the beginning of spring after winter. Yeah. Especially yeah. going from the weather the change. To the Everybody's south. getting sick, passing shit around. And uh-huh. yeah, you're going down to the south with all that fucking pollen and humidity and shit. It didn't happen. It, it you know it didn't help much that when we got down there was right the fuck after Mardi Gras, right the fuck oh, after. Yeah. Oh shit! Fresh piss you're and everything still up in there. Up, really. Yeah, like dude. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, you're lucky. Tetanus shot and all kinds of shit. Dude. Fuck yeah, dude. You, you were likely to catch something that penicillin won't kill. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was just happy though. The the wife ended up. She was pregnant and stuff during that time with Ronan. And I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta leave. I gotta go to 311. <laughs> See ya. God Can bless I? <laughs> That's how we did 311 day in 2006. I was such a piece of shit back then. I pissed my wife off. at My ex-wife now, but my ex-wife was clueless up until the day I was leaving that I was going to 311 day. She was really fucking mad. Really fucking mad. And Keith, you even came up that day. You didn't go to... The most memorable part of that trip is the couple hours before we left when we were at Zach's place rocking the fuck out. And Keith showed up and we did some partying and then we hit the fucking road. We hit the road and we drove hard until we got to Kentucky and we stopped at this gas station in the middle of nowhere and we're like, yeah, man, we're going to walk down this hill behind you up that first night in Memphis, Joe. I don't even remember what we did in Memphis, honestly. We went down to Beale Street. And yeah, I know we did that. We went out a little bit and then we wound up back at the hotel and we hung out there and I walked across Memphis oh. in the middle of the night to get beer. And I got a ride back from a Memphis homicide detective. What? <laughs> For yeah, what? True story. I Dude, do remember that. Um, you don't walk anywhere in downtown Memphis at 2 a.m. alone. Okay? okay. You just don't. It's a rough place. Gotcha. And I didn't think about it. You know, I was, what? I don't know how old we were then. Mid 20s. 21. <laughs> 22. Yeah, 22. You know, so we took off. From or I took BFE, off Ohio, we're not used to this shit. No, I wasn't. I was kind of clueless-ass farm boy there, but I took off walking down this road, and this homeless guy come up to me, and he wanted to bum a cigarette, and I gave him a cigarette, and he asked where I was going, and I told him I'll figure it out. <laughs> Man, he wouldn't leave me alone. He kept getting close, and I walked right to a gas station, but he followed me like the whole way. And about halfway there, I walked through an area that I wasn't sure I'd get about 200 yards down the road because, man, there was a lot of people around. They was all staring at me. But I get to this gas station, and I go inside, and uh, I'm paying for my case of beer, and there's a well, he's a cop. I can see his badge and his gun, but he's in a suit, right? He ain't got his jacket on, just shirt, tie, slacks. And uh, he starts talking to me. And, you know, I told him from out of town, we're staying down here at the Double Tree. He's like, well, how'd you get here? 
I said, I walked. He said, you did not walk from the double tree. I said, yeah, I did. He said, you can't walk back and you really can't walk back carrying any beer. You'll never make it. He said, I'll give you a ride. I got to go past there anyways. Come on and hop in. So when we go out, <laughs> that homeless guy who had followed me there, he was still outside waiting on me. And he come walking up, acting like my best friend. And that detective just... <laughs> Walked around the car, put his hand back on his gun, said, nope, nope, you better go home, buddy. Just take off. And that guy just turned around and was like, man, that's fucked. <laughs> but I got in a fucking car, and he drove me right back to the hotel. And um, that 311 concert that we went to the next day, that was like six and a half, almost seven hours of straight rocking. I remember... Right before the band came on, we're sitting in that fucking Superdome, and I have never heard a more amplified, loud, low-frequency sound than I did right then and there. And I, I can't, I can't even begin to describe this this note. And it was it was loud, and it was it was deep. And when it first came on, you could just feel it in your chest. You could feel it in the tips of your fingers. And then they lowered the frequency and increased the amplitude of it as the frequency got lower. And I'm looking around and I, I'm not moving myself, but the sound waves are literally moving my body. And I'm looking up like, oh my God, this fucking roof is going to come down on us. This whole place is <laughs> shaking. <laughs> I've never heard anything like that yeah. in my fucking life. It was wild. Like that THX sound, except... This is well, a good segue to our 90s bands, because 311 is definitely a 90s band. Fuck yeah, dude. That's a 2000s yeah. band as well. I mean, shit, they've and been going since... 88 bitches and they're still fucking going one of the things that's so great about 311 is the fact that they you know they really did it independent yeah they 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 made it in the music industry without signing on with big record labels no they did what epic or capricorn yeah and then he did capricorn But they made it without that. That came later. That came later. I mean, they produced their own albums that fucking sold without Hollywood. They cut some shit out of Nebraska. Or Omaha Sessions. That's what it was. Yeah, Omaha Sessions. Omaha. Oh, dude. And Hydroponic, that Hydroponic album, that was the same way. That shit was was pure gold. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you got to have a lot of respect for a band that was able to do that, especially considering that was the early 90s. And, and you know, one of the beautiful things about music in the 90s is you look at how music changed coming through the decades from the, the 50s mom and pops group to the 60s started getting some rock and roll coming but motown was big 70s we got 
great American rock and roll and disco started to merge. 80s, we had the hair band, and then we had the flock of seagulls types. But when, when we got to the 90s, music hit a prism and just exploded into all these genres. Yes, it did. It did. And it was a beautiful time to be alive and especially be the age that we were. Yeah. Um, the, the, and maybe it was MTV that made uh, music scatter like it did into all these different genres. But, uh, you know, it, it, it was just it was a great time to be a music fan. I think there's a lot more travel. I think travel and then we also had the Internet kick in halfway through that decade and being yeah. able to have that access that we once didn't have, you know, yeah. helped a shit ton. And it's sad, though, that nowadays those things that made music great back then have watered down music so badly these days. It's, yeah, it's what the fuck. Everybody's doing the same sort of shit and it's meaningless. And well, I would I would kick against that to an extent. I would just say that there's so much of it now versus how there was then, because you almost had to be an exclusive club to have the know-how and stuff to throw tracks down. Now, anyone yeah. can do it with their phone, you know? Right. And then, right. so you're just having a swamp of it. Well, but there is still hey, people kicking it down. You know, when oh, we bring sure. in technology into this, and even technology and music, Trent Reznor was an absolute pioneer Super. into mm -hmm. electronic music and the, the things that he was doing with nine inch nails that was incredible and now any anybody with a computer could do some stuff like that they don't even really need to know how to use an instrument right you know they they, they don't know how to play guitar or saxophone maybe they had choir in high school but They've got talent and a computer, and they can make things work. More power to them. I'm not saying that's not music. Well, um, I mean, you could DJ and have, like, just fucking beats and shit, you know? Well, you mean, know, that's yeah. something that I could never get into. I know a couple guys that like to do that EDM stuff and I love that shit. just sit behind a, sit behind a, a couple tables and some mixers. And I'm like, I just, I, I don't know how people get into that. I, I see the crowds they draw, and they're, they're massive. But it's, I don't know what I'm Dude. missing there that is so great. So I can't remember exactly, and I've, I've, I have to almost pull my 311 card here. But, uh, you know, it's one organism fucking jumping to the beat and having that yeah. fucking like that so i went to several um edm before it was really edm down here is more house music and we had some mm -hmm. raves and all kinds of parties and shit and that was the only way that i fucking like got into it i couldn't do it if like we were spaced out if we were fucking crammed in there and all fucking jumping and you had the lights going like bam bam bam, bam and like lasers and shit and lasers are kind of yeah. semi-new <laughs> In yep. this, yeah, right at the end of this time, and fucking ah, and then like you had one like, organism in celebration. Yes, nod your head to this. Mm -hmm. 
So God, we we can keep talking about '90s bands, but we're going to keep coming back to 311 because I mean, we are. What else is there? What else is I'm there? The, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. I am going to say that the ordered however you want the greatest band of the '90s is the Foo Fighters. And you can fight me if you want to, and I'll beat your fucking ass. And so when will did Dave they grow? When did they start though? Was it like '96? 97? It was before that. It started in the late 80s. They didn't blow up till the 90s, but I... The Foo Fighters? No, no, the Foo Fighters no, no, didn't blow up until Kirk Cobain. Nirvana was before. Exactly. You had to have the first <laughs> blow up to hit the other one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but I was thinking that yeah, Kirk Cobain died at 96. Because the... Um, can't remember that fucking album. Uh, Wikipedia says Foo Fighters formed in 94. 94? That's what oh, I wow. thought. 94, 95. Yeah, because Kirk Cobain shot himself in 93, I believe. Was it? Uh, mm-hmm. 94. April gotcha. 5th, 94. <laughs> well, Dave Grohl didn't waste no time forming Foo Fighters, did he? No, nope. I mean, he was probably really sick of listening to that fucking Courtney Love motherfucker. <laughs> and yeah, 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 Courtney Love ruined Kurt Cobain's life, and Dave Grohl was like, nah, bitch, you ain't fucking with my shit, I'm moving on. No, fuck you. Bye. Yeah. But Dave Grohl, yeah. because of what he has done with Nirvana and Foo Fighters and beyond, he has become... A, a rock and roll fucking icon. Yeah, dude. And He's I don't a know a single person that doesn't like Dave, Dave Grohl. Period. He is a rock god. So some people he try is. to use like U2 or like other freaking bands and shit or even like the Beatles fucking and stuff. U2. I'm saying though that literally everyone likes Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl's work. Yeah. Yep. I can't find exactly. a one person that doesn't like it. Um, I tell you what, Bono can hum on my fucking nuts. U2 sucks. Uh, They've always hey fucking sucked. U2, U2 is an 80s band, and they're one of the worst 80s bands. Um, I would take yeah. somebody like uh, AHA. If you guys know AHA, I'll yeah. take AHA over U2 all day. Isn't that uh, take, take on me? on me. Like men without Hey, I there are, did you not see the rules of, of our podcast in the notes? Nick's not allowed to sing. If I'm not allowed to sing, then you're not allowed to drink. I don't see that in there. Well, Is it yeah, in the fine print? Fuck up, it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna have to change our bylaws, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> change yeah, the bylaws. So it has been we written. Need to change them to where to where I can drink, but you don't sing. Well, technically, he can't um, get into drive right now, so you can change the rules as we're going. Oh, that's true. That's true. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, damn it. Let's see, and I can. That's all right. Am I, an I know editor you guys park your cars, Just, and I can. I'm going to change Nick's access rights. What was that, Joe? See. Now he's censoring yeah, me. 
Okay, yeah, Nick is now just, just like a viewer. Just a viewer. Oh, you're um, changing the attribute. Got you. That shit's great. This this is this is discrimination of the highest order. It's aggression. This aggression will not stand, <laughs> man. Mm. But there are lots of other good '90s bands that Aerosmith. Aerosmith was really good at that time. It's more than just a '90s band, dude. They are. They were. They kind of split decades there, but it was you know really after 1990 that they really made some of their biggest hits. You know, like what year was Get a Grip? Look that one up real quick. It was like ninety. I don't know, but they got crazy and crying. All that was nineties. Dude looks like a lady. Um, living on the edge. Eat the rich. Loving an elevator. Saddle. Yeah, ninety three. April ninety three. Let's get a grip. I had that fucking CD, dude. That was a good yeah, CD. It had, a, it had big titties on it, man. Yeah, big old so, titties on that. Big old teats. Like, That's the kind of shit dairy farmers like. Hell yeah, dude. Kitty. Though that one would probably Massive with the memories. Yeah, huh? dude. The memories <laughs> are big. Yeah, Aerosmith was huge. I loved them back in the day. But there's there's a difference though between bands like Aerosmith and the rest of what was going on in the early 90s because aerosmith was already huge when the 90s hit yeah yeah and yeah they they got even bigger but like you said the the early 90s was that prism that that split everything right and and then you ended up with bands like soundgarden and yeah nirvana and sublime and just just those just those bands there think of how much music has been inspired by just those couple bands when did tool start dude metallica Um, metallica disqualified disqualified from this we're talking about music not shitty noise uh we're not talking about a douchebag drummer that can't fucking play to save his life and a group of guys that just hate each other Sorry, Keith. I guess we're we're really showing our ass here. Yeah, man, I can't yeah. do Metallica. I can't. I can't do Metallica. I like old Metallica though. Like the '90s Metallica I, was good. Though. Yeah, yeah. Back I in the day, shit. Enter Sandman is gold, but well, yeah. It's like everything after that just went downhill. I mean, and the only thing right. I have to say to Metallica fans is Saint Anger exists, dude. It exists. You can't deny it. You are correct. Saint Anger was. I've, I've had beer farts that smelled and sounded better than Lars Ulrich's snare drum on Saint Anger. That was just embarrassing. Fucking hate that guy. God, Let's face it, if, you want, if you want music that sounds <laughs> like Metallica, but is actually worth a fuck, look up a guy named Dimebag Daryl. Gotcha. Get Thank you some you. Pantera. He was good. 
He was good. Get you some damage plan. I think he had no. a Gibson too. Dime bag. Oh, dude! I collect- thought he had a flying V. I thought it was a PRS. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, we well, don't know shit about Pantera. And there go our ratings, right there. They Gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know about Dimebag, but I do know he was killed right here in Ohio. Yeah. Not that we're proud of that. That was shitty. That was shitty. Which is closed now, and the building's condemned. (laughs) (laughs) That's appropriate. Yeah. That is fucking appropriate. It was at the La Rosa Villa nightclub in Columbus, Ohio. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. La Rosa Villa. They used to pull in a lot of big names, and it was a they really did. small venue. It was it was a bar, dude. It really yeah. was. It was a good-sized bar, but it was by no means a concert venue at all. Yeah. Well, there was another place really down there. Been, I don't you ever heard of uh, McGuffey Lane? Mm-mm. McGuffey so. Lane was a bar down in Dayton, but it was also a band. Hmm. But uh, the bar would get all kinds of names in there, man. Jim Barger used to book them. He was oh, a band manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'll tell you another good band. I got to bring them up because I love them. That's no doubt. And no doubt opened up a whole world of music. Well, there were, there were, when we get into like that early 90s chick rock, there were a few like um, Fiona. Alanis fucking Morissette. Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette. I still love Alanis Morissette. Yeah, she it was I'm not even a lesbian. Excellent. But the thing I loved about No Doubt was they tended to blend some styles, much like Sublime did, like 311 did. Uh-huh. And I loved that horn line. Man, that horn line was on point in No mm-hmm. Doubt. Absolutely. Yep. Bare and naked that ladies. Horn line up. Probably like the beginning of Ska, I would say. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Collective Soul. Yeah, dude. Oh, Collective Soul. Damn. 93, man. Black Crows. Oh. Oh, The Bare Naked Ladies. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't stick around long, though, did they? Mm Mm-mm. That was, I think, probably like the later half of the 90s when MTV started fucking shit up yeah and and, yeah, and and anything that was popular wasn't gonna stick around long right trl total request live ruined everything yeah i fell Carson, for it line and sinker i remember getting daily. home from school every day every day I, it was i don't know my sophomore or junior year of high school i would get home from school every day i would turn on trl i would pick up the phone and it was always a battle between like NSYNC and Corn, Freak mm-hmm. on a Leash. So that shit I was, was great. As many times as I fucking could for Corn. 
God, I loved corn. Corn was bad ass. And I, you know what? I have no taste for new corn. Anything past like their issues album when their drummer just fucking disappeared off the face of the earth. I like it, it all went to shit. I liked it all the way up to the Queen of the Dam that they when they yeah. did the soundtrack. Right about that time. And then it yeah, was Yeah, they done. did a song for yeah. that soundtrack. And and it was right about that time where they started making corporate metal and I was just not having it. I'm coming undone. I'm coming undone. No, fuck you. Give me some twist. Give me some right. give me some cunt. Give me some, give me some free kind of leash. Got the life. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Know, it it was good shit. Oh. And still to this day, when I listen to that stuff as a damn near 40-year-old man, I get a little whiskey in me and turn on some corn. Fuck. My head and neck are going to be hurting the next day because I cannot sit still. Dude, system of a down. At the end. Oh, man, oh, I'm glad yeah. you went there because that's where I was going next. I was going to say some uh, Godsmack. Yeah, dude. Even some oh, Disturbed. Yeah, some Disturbed. Dude, yeah. speaking of and Disturbed. You know what? System of a Down has withstood the test of time because my kids love System of a Down. Yeah. The girls, Cameron, they fucking jam that shit. They love it, dude. And I'm like, you know, this... This shit's like twenty fucking years old, but the, you right. just listen to it over and over. Who was a Lincoln Park fan? Oh fuck yeah, dude! I, I was Lincoln a Lincoln Park. Park fan. Fuck yeah! They I had would, a double live Lincoln album. Dude, double that was live such a good album. <sighs> yep, yep, that was oh the best God, version of Faint. Oh, I couldn't yes. imagine what it'd be like to be there for that. And you know, and that, God rest Chet Chester, but yeah. he he was he was something. He yeah. was fucking something. Nobody had a voice like that, dude. No, nobody. No. But speaking man, of good got, voice, they, uh... I was gonna say Deftones was pretty good. Ooh. Oh wow. shit! I still love Deftones. Yeah, I'm Nick, you never a, were a big Deftones fan, were you? I never really got into the Deftones. Joe tried, and believe me, he influenced me on a lot of music. Uh, he exposed my country boy ass to a whole new world of music, really. But uh, Deftones was never one I could get down on. It's Whatever an acquired it taste. It's an acquired taste for some folks, but and, and especially some of their... I, I will give it to you that some of their songs are, I, I don't know how I want to say it. Not, they don't all sound the same, but it's like they've all got the same theme and it's kind of depressing, but especially the Around the Fur album. Is that the, is that the name of the album? No, that's the name and title of the um No, I, know I that's think the it name is. Of the song. I thought it was the title track of the album, though. I think it is. Yeah, Dude, I think that's the so first fucking one. Good. And the, I like those White were some Pony. Fucking jams on White Pony was good. And oh, you know you're you know you're doing something right when you get Maynard to do a song with you. Yeah. Maynard did. Um, they still are uh, going passenger. on. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Deftones are still together. 
Chino is uh, a chubby motherfucker these days, though. Dude, 1988, they started, too. So they're, like, on path of really? 11, but I'm sure they stopped for a little bit. Um, because the I one think, dude had surgery. Well, I think yeah. they're, they lost their guitarist. Is that what it was? I think so. I think their guitarist passed away. Okay, so Around the Fur was 1997 was when it was released. Right before Halloween. And the White Pony was 2000. God, that was like a month after my birthday. Mm. Fuck yeah, dude. No wonder I'm I'm fucking no driving around like yeah yeah my five speed z24 rock I'll tell you who we haven't talked about and he might be up there's one of the greatest of the 90s and like I said I already put Foo Fighters in number one so I'm gonna say for number two without a doubt Garth fucking Brooks. Garth fucking Brooks, dude. I still watch that DVD once a month. I've watched I'm that DVD once what? a month for 15 fucking years. Garth Brooks. I just couldn't get into him. a master. What do you mean you couldn't get into him? That's what I mean. You got something for everybody. He did. If you don't like Garth Brooks, I bet you you like Chris Gaines, and I fucking hated Chris Gaines. <laughs> Chris Gaines. <laughs> During the nineties, I didn't really listen to country. Well, well, you grew up in Cincinnati, and we grew up in true. a cornfield on school buses. <laughs> Keith, do you know who who Sammy Kershaw is? No. How about how oh. catch him? Sounds familiar, but this is I don't the queen know. of my double wide trailer with the poly. How about John Anderson? The redwood. Oh, god, no, John damn. Anderson. Oh, god. Oh, Sawyer. Okay, Brown. you know Vince Gill. I heard. oh, I think so. Yeah. Oh, I think you know Vince Gill. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sawyer Brown. Come on, please give me some Sawyer Brown. I don't know. I probably heard no, I'm ready. but I don't I can't recall it like that. Ah. Uh, well then. You can expose me to that too since I'm going down the DS9. How about Dwight Yoakam? I don't know. Oh god. Like I can't Everybody recall any song. I mean Dwight Yoakam didn't even come out of Nashville. He was cutting records out in California. Bakersfield. Yes, sir. The other home of country music. Mm. God, those guys. Mm. And, and I just want to say, since we're on the air, that all this shit you hear on the radio that they call country music, it, you can hum on my fucking nuts, unless it's Chris Stapleton. <laughs> Otherwise, that's ridiculous. That's not fucking country Funny. music. It's barely music should... at all. I saw something the other day about the country music awards on TV or something. I looked at Summer and I said, I can guarantee you, anybody that gets an award here tonight, I fucking hate their music. Yeah, and it's not country. Nope. It's but not. There, there's, there's a huge underground it's movement, and back. it's not so underground anymore. 
And no. I've been trying to get Nick on this stuff, but this stuff isn't played it's on coming. on on the radio. But I'm Between talking you about and guys Tony, like you're exposing me. Tyler Childers and yeah, Chris Stapleton. He's big, but that's an exception. There's Tyler Childers, Chris Stapleton, Whiskey Myers. Um, oh, um, 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 who sings "Day of the Dead"? Day for the Dead. Oh, He's in the country. Dave Grohl signed yeah. him. Oh, really? Oh. Really? It's um, who was that? Wasn't Chris Stapleton, was it? I don't know. Well, look it up. The thing about Chris Stapleton Shit. that people don't realize is that Chris Stapleton's been in the country music industry for decades. Yeah decades he he's written more grammy winning hits than anybody in probably country music history he wrote those songs himself although he didn't play them he was a songwriter for decades and then he just was like you know i'm just gonna start playing my own music and him and his wife went out and now you gotta pay a hundred bucks to get a ticket to his fucking shows but Tyler Childers, Tyler Childers is my shit. That that's you had uh, me listen that's to a, some Tyler Childers. Yep, and it uh, you got to be in a, in the mood for it, and sure. no no you got to know his catalog and be in the mood for it because a lot of his older stuff is kind of depressing. He came from Pike County, Kentucky, and Ellie. he grew up in coal country mm-hmm. where. Either you worked for the coal companies or right. you were addicted to uh, fucking opiates and meth. That's it. Yeah. That's what that's anybody seen Hillbilly Elegy? That. That's how he grew up. And his early music is kind of depressing, although super fucking good. But once he once he started growing up and finding his way through it through the music industry. And especially when he got with Sturgill Simpson. You guys know Sturgill? Another amazing new country artist. Sturgill took took a hold of him and started producing records for him. And now, again, Tyler's kind of like Chris Stapleton, where good luck getting a fucking ticket to his show. Me and Zach went to one in December of 2019, and it was fucking like elbow to elbow, standing room only. And we're just looking at each other like, holy shit, this is a fucking country show. There's thousands of people here. What the fuck is this? But it's so good. So fucking good. And it's a goddamn shame that this sort of thing is not what's promoted on the radio or on, is CMT even a channel now? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't had real TV in so long. Me neither. Me neither. Fuck fuck that. But yeah. Lots of good country music coming out that nobody knows about. Do people still watch network TV? My fucking mother does. My mother does. Yeah, I was down there. Mom and dad's. And yeah. mom was watching the PBS evening news. And oh, all God. I heard out of the news was Trump, 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 Trump. And I said, 
God damn it. He hasn't been fucking president for two fucking years. Why the fuck are we still talking about him? Trump, 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 Trump. God, and that, that is the most <laughs> of anything on any cable news or anything that I've seen. Yeah. Oh, man. Our, our gas prices are because of Trump. Did you know that? Oh, it's because of the oil lobbyists and all that other stuff is what they're telling well, that's us from not, Saki. That's not what the hey. fucking news said. Well, I'm saying what Saki said today. Listen. It's not Biden's fault. It's not our fault. It's not even Trump's everybody, fault. It's other shit. Everybody in the world understands this. Everybody gets it. Everybody. It's the answer to our current energy crisis in the country. It's the answer to stopping Russia and Ukraine. It's the answer to helping um, Europe's energy issues. And we just... Everybody keeps walking around it, and it's fucking incredible that we got to open up our oil production right here in the United States. And it's not going to change your gas price tomorrow. It's going to take two months, maybe six months. But that doesn't matter because that gas price will start coming down tomorrow if Biden were to come out and say, yep, we're going back to the energy production we had three years ago. We're going back to that right now. If he said that, those futures markets will drop because they see a positive future for oil. They see profit in their future. Oil prices so will invest. drop immediately and they will they'll invest. invest the right. prices will drop. Also, this gives Europe another option and they are not relying on Russian oil. So the discussion's over. Anybody else talking about anything other than opening up our oil right now is fucking lying to themselves. They're blind. They're ignorant. They have no idea of the big picture right here. Well, that's true. End of but, story. Okay, End well, of story. Let, let me play devil's advocate. Let's, and this isn't really devil's advocate because I know exactly where I'm going to lead you with this. But, I mean, we don't have to open up our oil production. We don't have to boost our oil production. We can get it you want to go, from other countries. Do you want to go to Venezuela and get it? Oh, man, you, you went right where I wanted you to fucking go. But what about Iran? Another country. The, oh, there's the other one. So, well, so wait a minute. Keith? Iran. Thank you. Thank you both for saying those two two countries. So we're going to, because Biden came out today and announced that we're done with Russian oil. No yep. more. What gas prices go to? Five, six bucks? Probably. We'll see not, the bounce not, later. Go on, Joe. I think, go on. I think the average average is 422 right now. Something like but, that. Um, Beautiful. And that's that's an all-time high. And yeah. when adjusted for inflation. Um it was but, higher so, so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight, Uncle Joe. We're going to cut off our oil consumption from Russia because they're an evil dictatorship, authoritarian country. 
that the they're going to make overtures to places like Venezuela and Iran, who are also evil authoritarian dictatorship countries, and get our oil there. What could go wrong? Right. Like, what kind of fucking sense does this make? I'll tell you. Something that's been getting me. Everybody, you know, there's two sides to this whole gas price debate right now. And on one side of it, I see there are uh, a lot of liberals out there just kind of saying get used to it or they don't think it's that big of a problem or whatever. You know, if it inconveniences a few people, so what? If it forces you to get a more efficient car, so what? If you have to take public transportation, so what? They just don't care about this problem. And I really think they're thinking about it the wrong way because um, I'm looking at this not from uh, just a private citizen who needs gas in my truck to get back and forth to work. I'm looking at this as more of a business operator here where um, if you're in construction, if you're in agriculture, if you're in uh, any of these industries out here that are going to require fuel consumption, this hurts and it is absolutely crippling to agriculture said it before right here you know our profit margins are cut down to nothing and all of our inputs skyrocketed this year everything did but it's all related back to that oil price and um i was just trying to do some figures here if we figure that you know i was trying to figure a difference but we've probably gone up 300% in the cost of our fuel. Well, how are you going to make any fucking money on the back end of that? Well, are you, you going know, to be able to, real... are you going to, you going to be able to uh, increase your, your output? Because that's the only way to make money on the back end of such a high cost input. But you must. As Uncle Joe That's... says, make your cost lower. Okay, there's no way to make our costs so... <laughs> lower. Isn't it absolutely hilarious to listen to a um... liberal tell conservatives how to lower their costs? Yeah. Are you fucking serious? Me, um... They call us conservatives for a reason. Okay. You want to know the number one thing that would that would lower our costs right now? Um Cutting the corporate fucking tax rate. Mm, yeah, that's definitely one way. Heard that or not? Yeah. Also, drilling for some fucking oil. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna give a kudos to some of the most evil motherfuckers in the world. That would be the CEO of our American oil companies, Exxon, and um, oh no, that other motherfucker. They have just severely increased production in the Gulf of Mexico and their West Texas oil fields. The only places that they're allowed to get it right now because Biden shut down Anwar. 
but they have seriously increased their oil to try and help out with the whole energy crisis worldwide. Biden didn't do this. They did it on their own. I'm not saying they did it for us or they did it to help the energy crisis or whatever it was, but they have increased their production significantly. Well, that's a business opportunity. And that's the beauty of capitalism. When there's a business opportunity, it's not like the only people that benefit are the CEOs. The people that purchase those products also benefit from that business opportunity. Yeah, sure, the CEOs are fucking banking. But if it means I pay a dollar less a gallon in gas, pay that motherfucking CEO. I don't give a shit. I'm getting paid too. I'm getting my share. Pay them. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, whatever. Capitalism's evil. Just shut up. Capitalism's fucking evil. I mean, it's not because each of us, as I consider each of us tradesmen, okay, master level tradesmen, we sell ourselves. Okay. It's our job, it's our duty to ourselves to market our skills out there in the uh, job market. You have to sell yourself to these companies. That's what a resume is all about. Furthermore, just because you have a job doesn't mean you shouldn't be out there looking for a better job and finding more money or better work hours or whatever it is that is going to improve your life, whatever it is you're seeking, that opportunity is right there for you and you can go out there and get it and we owe it to ourselves to go and do that. I learned this being a mechanic and I worked in many different shops over the years and you know, you always move for better money, better hours, better conditions, but you always keep moving. Don't lock yourself into one place. You should be continuously improving and growing as a professional your entire career, obtaining new skills, honing your skills, becoming a master or artesian level. There's a progression here. Uh, I think a lot of people just get into this cycle where they just stop. I mean, Joe Biden stopped in like 1961. He hasn't progressed any fucking way. No. He, he has been wrong about literally every single thing since Everything he was first elected. He has ever done every single thing has been wrong. Yeah. Literally. Literally. The best thing he has ever done is said, no, we're not doing a no-fly zone over Ukraine. That's literally the best thing he's ever done. Well. And, I mean, shit. My no, he... 14-year-old could do that. He did sign that bill that allows farmers to diagnose and repair or run tractors now. That is he he broke up that nice monopoly. Piece. I remember yeah. talking to your uncle about that one time while we were hanging out there and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he uh that is one good thing he did and I can't wait cuz with any tractor in the past what I'm going to say 10 to 15 years with the uh, 
you know, the electronics and the computerized systems that are on that tractor, when something goes wrong, you can't fix it. You can't even diagnose it. You have to take it back to the dealer and pay those high dealer labor rates mm -hmm. to get your tractor fixed. Because they have the well, proprietary software. Right. It's all proprietary bullshit. I have to go deer to fix my deer tractor. Nobody else in the world can fix it. Nobody. I don't care how good a diesel mechanic you are. You absolutely need Deer's software to fix it. Even if I knew what the problem is, I still need their fucking tools that they have locked down and controlled. I still need their technical manuals, yep. which are locked down it's and not just, controlled. It's not, just, it's not just farm equipment. This is this is industry worldwide. Yeah. I mean, but, I deal with this well, shit that, on a daily basis. These yeah. presses that I work on, it's it's all proprietary. I can access right. things to a certain level, but once I reach the bottom, there are also, you know, 10 levels below that. I am not allowed to access. Right. I'm not allowed to learn that code. I'm not allowed to. It, it's all proprietary. And the problem with this is they don't sell a good enough guarantee or warranty to meet that event you know after two three years we're talking heavy use industrial equipment like our farm equipment like your factory machines after two or three years they're out of warranty now but this is when we have problems and we're just now getting into the profitability of this machine you know usually it's going to take two to three years to pay off a big machine like that and now you're having problems and you have to call them to come out and repair it yeah, and then they charge you out the fucking ass. Out to the do ass. They charge you $250 an hour just to talk to you on the fucking phone to decide yeah. whether or not they need to come sure. out. Are you fucking right. kidding me? And I'm not exaggerating. I know. 250 bucks an hour to get these people on the phone. Do you know? And ask you some questions. Well, what do you see on the screen? My, uh, my, my own shop rate for... Any moonlighting side work I do, my whatever, I charge $50 an hour labor rate for whatever I'm working on. And that's fucking cheap. People eat it up. Absolutely eat it up. I could charge 80 these days. And people would love it because most places are 100, 120, 130. And this is just for basic automotive or even lawnmower small engine repair shit like that dude i wish you had a lift i would bring my truck up there tomorrow <laughs> what's wrong with it i needed i have to drop the gas tank i don't have a a gauge i have to go off strictly miles and i know that if i leave it what running kind of truck the gmc envoy oh he's got an envoy like i had Remember that I'll envoy that we worked on? In my driveway. Back it into my garage. I'll get the floor jack. We'll get the uh, electric they, impacts out. They don't have a a piece to where I can go in from the top and take it off. You no. have to drop the whole fucking thing. Yeah, you got to drop yeah. the tank. And you, you might as well just do the fuel pump with the sending I'll unit. I'll tell you how we're going to do this, Keith. We're going to put Joe under there, and we're going to drop that tank on his chest and change it out real quick and have him lift it back up in there. Now, I've done this before. Um, in my so S10, I. <laughs> I got 
Devin. Yeah, I remember holding your fucking. No, that was me. No, I, I had Devin do it one that. time also. I had Devin oh, do it one time also. You. But if you're quick, that tank's only there for about maybe two minutes, five max. Change out that sending unit. The biggest pain in the ass about doing a water pump in a GM truck is paying for it. That's some bitch like four hundred dollars. It is ridiculous. You do one like my daughter's Ford Taurus out here, thirty-five dollars for a fuel pump. But it's not in the tank, is it? Yeah, it's in the tank. I still got to drop the tank. Oh man, it's only thirty-five dollars. I don't feel bad about dropping that tank for thirty-five dollars. And I got to yeah. fix the blower. The blower unit is not working. Well, it's not the blower unit. It's the vent unit to where, like, it doesn't come out the front vents. It only does um, fucking defrost. Fucking pisses me off. Oh, that's the fun part where you have to tear shit. the fucking dash off the fucking thing. Shit. I hate yeah. that shit. Screw that. Take it to a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> it says the mechanic. <laughs> I don't mind laying underneath if we're getting under the hood, but tearing apart those dashes is... Oh, I, I ain't got patience for it. When I'm, you know, when I'm working on a car, I'm moving. You know, you, you're always trying to make flat rate. Those body panels, are, I'll break shit. <laughs> I can't oh, move slow enough to take it it's apart. It's impossible to not break shit. Wrong. Dale can do it. I was thinking about just breaking the fuck out of it and then 3D printing a replacement. How big of a 3D printer you got, brother? Dude, I got lots of glue and all kinds of shit to put it together. I will fucking CAD fucking Jenga this shit to make pieces for it. We need some kind of a big ass industrial 3D printer or a, a CNC machine or something so that we can start knocking out some parts for farm equipment. Hey, you let me know the farm equipment, we'll figure it out. Well, that was an eventful yeah. evening. <laughs> yep. yep. Not even people behind the day will get to listen to what we just talked about. Yeah, not at all. That's right. That's some proprietary shit right there. Do you guys think it's funny though that we sat for at least 50 minutes about companies and their proprietary software that nobody's allowed to get a hold of? And then we come up with an idea turn off the red light so nobody gets all our proprietary shit. That's all we fucking are. Don't anybody ever get any fucking different. Capitalism. Until it's passed. A secret. Exactly. So this is Keith. Yep. Saying thanks, guys, for listening and maybe watching. We're on YouTube, Spotify, and we're soon to be on Google Podcast and Apple. Oh fuck! Does that mean I have to? I have to listen to our podcast and all that stuff, or can I just do it one? <laughs> yeah, you should listen to it. It's really good. And then also, one thing to think about is to think about um, sharing this with someone else. 
happens if you found value. Exactly. Share us with your friends, exactly. your family, your enemies. Long as they're not yeah. my enemy, I don't care. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, happy 311 day to any of our listeners out there. Thanks for listening to us. And we'll see you next week. Later. <laughs>